We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation. Tuesday night, Knicks. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. And on tonight's episode, it's coming in hot and heavy. The NBA and the Players Association have come to an agreement on the season. We have a December 22nd start date, and a bunch of NBA offseason dates have finally been revealed. So on tonight's episode, we're going to break it all down for you, break down the the salary cap number and the implications of of that on the team. And CP3 to Phoenix. Could CP3 be going to the Valley of the Sun? And, and how do Knicks fans feel about that? So joining me tonight, my guy JB, a.k.a. <laughs> Knicks Fil- Film School, a.k.a. Daily Knicks. He's all over the net. JB, That's how right. you feeling, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing. I change my Twitter name every day, but I'll, you know, I'm doing good. <laughs> a lot of aliases, man. A lot of aliases. All right, so let, let's break this thing down. Um, couple key dates. We have, um, obviously, the draft is on November 18th. Yep. The trade moratorium could be lifted anywhere between the 16th, 17th, 18th, around that time. So that's when trades can start to happen. Again, we have the draft on the 18th. Knicks have the 8th, the 27th, and the 38th pick. Free agency starts November 20th, 6 p.m. We will be live on Knicks Fan TV covering everything, all the moves. So make sure you keep it locked in. November 22nd is when the signings can be made official at 12 p.m. You have training camp starting December 1st and opening night December 22nd, man. JB, how how do you feel about this expedited timeline? It seems like a a Nick-like timeline, man. (laughs) No, well, it's like, it's just crazy. It goes from being the longest offseason ever to the shortest working offseason, right? Like, obviously, the Knicks have been able to get coaches and execs but not really any player movement. And now it all has to happen in, you know, a month and a half. That That's a fact, man. Now, salary cap is set to uh, 109. There was a lot yes. of speculation that the number may drop and that that may impact the way teams move in terms of free agency and the draft. But with the number basically the same as last year, how do you think that uh, impacts things for the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I think the Knicks have always been in a good position coming into this offseason because they have, you know, they have the ability to create the most cap space. So the fact that, you know, the the cap doesn't rise at all, um, it puts the Knicks in a position, as we've seen reports come out, where, you know, they could become that team that sort of greases the wheels uh, for other teams to make moves because they can take salary in. Um, if If you use that 109 million cap, hold number and I have my little cheat sheet in front of me that I always put out Mm -hmm. um they could create over 42 million dollars of cap space it's not to say they're gonna do that that would mean they'd have to get rid of basically everyone on uh non-guaranteed contracts or team options and and even Dotson um but the point is they can create a lot of cap space um 
So I, I think the number works in the Knicks' favor because, like I said, while everyone else, it, it's tight, they have plenty of room to work with. Now, how about um, salary dumps? Because that was something that uh, was mentioned a couple weeks ago by Ian Begley. You know, some of the fans want them to kind of weaponize the cap in, in that regard. Um, our guy Jeremy Cohen had come out, and a couple other guys, Bobby Marks as well, that was saying that, well, the market doesn't look too good in terms of uh, salary dumps this year. What do, you, what do you think about, you know, where this cap number is and, and how that impacts uh, that type of transaction? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll let, I'll let people even throw in the chat what they think. I mean, to me, it's about how do you feel about not just this year, but in 2021, 20, 22, you know, going forward, multiple seasons taking on salary, yeah. right? So do you want to take on, I mean, you know, pick any big name, like let's put Chris Paul aside, but whether it's a, a Russell Westbrook, a Blake Griffin, do you want to take on that salary beyond even this year? And to me, the indications that that I've seen at least is, you know, the Knicks don't mind this year kind of punting on signing a big guy or going for a big trade. But I don't and, and this is not saying that they're saving cap space to go over, you know, to go for, um, you know, the biggest star out there. It's just saying that I don't think they want to lose all their flexibility by taking on some contract that's got multiple years. So I think they're more going to look at is there a guy they can take like a Mike Conley or even a guy that's not on a big contract, but just a team needs to move yeah. to make whatever they're trying to do work. And they just need $10 million off their books and the Knicks can come in and help them there. Certainly need to look at a lot of the the so-called contenders. Um, Mike Scott's name is is one that rang a bell for Philadelphia. There was a, a rumor going around Twitter yesterday that uh, Philly could potentially be making Mike Scott available. He's making $5 million. He's got one more year left at five mil. Um, there, that rumor did have the Knicks potentially landing Mike Scott. So a little lower tier uh, salary dump, if you will, but something that could still help the team. You know, three-point gun. He's, he's fairly tough, fairly, uh, you know, durable. So Mike Scott wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad idea, depending on what the parameters of the trade were. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's it. I think people are looking at, you know, the extremes, right? Like what's what's a big contract, you know, a big contract over $20 million that the Knicks can take. And and, and with a team like Philly, they're looking at, you know, Harris or, or someone like that. And it's like, well, yeah, why not? You know, there's, there's plenty of people out there making five to $10 million that, like I said, these teams trying to do other things, they just need that little bit of wiggle room and that's where I think you're going to find the best deals um, in, in this market. Yeah, find, find it in the margins, no doubt about it. Now, um, there wasn't a date official for uh, the non-guaranteed contracts. We have a number of guys that are um, kind of floating around in, in terms of team options and non-guarantees. You have Portis, right. you have Theo Pinson on team options. Then you have the non-guaranteed contracts, the Taj at nine and a half, Wayne Ellington at eight. Peyton at eight, Bullock at, at 4.2. Um, of this crop, what, what do you think about this crop in, in terms of who's back and, and who's gone? Well, this is where, to me, it gets interesting because I think when people look at the Knicks cap space, they simply look at the salaries that could come off the books and then count up how much space that creates. So like I said earlier, you know they can create over $42 million in space. But then at that point, that sort of limits them to only being able to use that space to either sign a player or take a salary completely into cap space. Mm. I think another approach the Knicks could take, um, and, and, when, and when you think about, say, a Chris Paul or someone like that, is you actually keep some of these salaries on your books. So you keep uh, an Alfred Payton, you keep even a Bobby Portis. And it sounds crazy, like, well, why would you, Bobby Portis is $15 million, why would you keep that on your books? Well, you can keep Bobby Portis on your books, still have over $20 million of cap space to go and sign people, but now you can trade Bobby Portis's, what will be an expiring contract, and take back 125% of that. So it's sort of like a tricky way to say, I'm going to spend my cap space up to the amount I want to spend it. And then I'm going to trade whoever I kind of keep on these one-year deals to get back even more salary to go over the cap. So I think it's possible you could see them do something like that. 
I know Jeremy Cohen was, we were talking about that today in, in terms of some trades they could work out. So I wouldn't just assume they're going to let everyone go to just completely open the books. I think they might try to use some of those salaries as expirings to make deals um, later on. Yeah, and it might make sense again with this expedited time frame. Um, it might make sense to, to go that route as well. And then with the salary cap not budging that much, you know, a Portis 15 mil or a Peyton nine, it may not kill you, you know, if you're another team out there looking to make a trade. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think you can't underestimate the value of being able to move. I mean, Portis has a lot of money, but, you know, someone like a Peyton at $8 million, yeah. um, you know, a team, uh, there's, there's some value for a team there on expiring deals. So um, those pieces you can use, it's, it's sometimes easier to do that than to just trade, try to acquire a player in this space. Yeah. Um, and as we're saying this, by the way, MSG Training Center has been temporarily closed, the Knicks just announced, because Knicks employees tested positive oh. for coronavirus. Oh, wow. So there that is. Breaking news. Um, is that Tarrytown? Tarrytown. Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. So Tarrytown is because they did open uh, the facilities when last week, right. I believe, right? So That's right. Tarrytown is now closed um because a few staffers tested positive for coronavirus so stay tuned for the latest developments on that good uh great job breaking that jb very uh interesting hopefully you know everybody comes out yeah. of that unscathed yeah no ho ho hopefully but this is you know this is the new i guess well not the new normal for a lot of us have been living it through march but just yeah. you know as we get the news the league's coming back this is uh you know this is what happens so. yeah and this is why I can see the the heavy, you know, divisional matchup, you know, bubble style matchup and even baseball. They're thinking even MLB series type of uh, matchups, um, you know, where teams are coming in town and, and playing the next three, four game sweeps and, and then headed out. It's going to be very interesting to see how they navigate this uh, with the virus still intact for sure. Uh, yeah, so, no, and, and it, go on, go on, yeah. Yeah, salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Creeping up on 600 people in here. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. My guy, JB, Jeff Ballone of Daily Knicks, Knicks Film School, you name it, on the check-in. Uh, hit that thumbs up button for you boys one more time. couple of upcoming shows for us. Obviously, we have the draft on November 18th. We have Ian Begley coming on November 17th, draft eve. So we'll talk more about the draft and free agency as well. And then, as I said, the free agency show on, on Friday, November 20th, man. So things are coming in hot. Stay tuned. Keep it locked to Knicks Fan TV for sure. All right, let's see what Woj is saying here on this CP3 trade because um, Phoenix, I did look at Phoenix as a potential sleeper. Yep. Uh, you know, they played well in the bubble, didn't make the playoffs, but they, they were the hot team. And uh, it looks like Phoenix wants to keep this going. They've always been looking for that uh, that point guard stabilization. You know, Ricky Rubio came in. He did fairly well. But obviously, CP3 being in another class and, and on his run, um, now they're talking that, that the Suns are having discussions with the Thunder on CP3. Well, what's your take on that, JB? Yeah, well, we're going with all sorts of breaking news here, right? As we're recording that, that just came out a little while ago. Yeah, man. So, I mean, the, the Suns, I mean, you know, they went 8-0 in a bubble. We were talking about this a little before we started recording. You know, what do you make of that? But obviously with Booker, you want to get him, um, you know, a, another player. Got to keep him happy um, before he comes to the <laughs> that, yeah, That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Especially now with the new connections we got, right? So, yeah. um, but, you know, the Suns are also in a position where um, they have Frank Kaminsky, a $5 million team option. They, they can create up to $20 million in cap space, depending on what they do with their team options. So they have some flexibility, especially considering they're going to send, you know, they would obviously have to send something back. Um, so I think as a Knicks fan, your first thought, anytime you see another trade is, well, can the Knicks get involved to help this out? Maybe pull a draft pick or something out of this. I, I think if you're talking about the Suns, their team that cap wise are pretty well positioned, um, you know, to, to maybe make a deal work. That said, they don't have a lot. I'm looking at their roster now. They don't have a lot of large salaries on their books other than Booker. Um, so, you know, they, they definitely would have to have make sure they create that extra $20 million space and absorb a lot of that Paul contract in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, 
we've seen with the Knicks, right? They're always a team that's used to help people like leverage and negotiate negotiations. And then we assume when the Knicks don't get the person, that is the only reason they were used. I do think the Knicks, because of Leon Rose, are serious about Chris Paul. But I think he's not going to budge and just make a deal to make a deal. So if the Suns end up, you know, making a better offer, I, you know, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm good with it. Listen, I would love to have CP3 on the team. Obviously, I don't want to give up any young piece or draft pick. I could understand it. I feel like he would make our team that much better and and really help our young guys. Because as I said on the last show, uh, building this team is about having options. And if your young guys aren't improving, if your young guys aren't developing, you don't have those options to go to if you need to make a, a trade that doesn't kill you. Or, you know, just overall improving the team. And so I think you need a guy like a CP3 that can make these guys better. Because if they're not getting better, they're not helping you move the team forward in terms of wins or bringing back, you know, building blocks that can make your team even better in the future. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, I've been one that I've been big about the, the positives of getting a Chris Paul um, I, I think for y- the young players, it, it just, you know, we saw Fizdale as much as no one wants to hear from Fizdale right now. And, and, and everyone wants him to get a haircut too. <laughs> He's on his Bob Ross wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I can't say much cause I'm letting my, my poof kind of <laughs> pop up here too. But, um, you know, he, you know, I think he raises the point that a lot of people get it's, it's one thing about going after a veteran, uh, player who's making a lot of money at the end of his career, which sounds LOL Knicks. What's another, a veteran player who still has game left and who plays a position that would help develop the young players that you want to develop. And I think that's why this is not kind of same old Knicks if they're making this type of move, because Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, if somehow they were to keep a Kevin Knox, those guys thrive with a player like Chris Paul playing with them. Um, so, so, you know, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, but it, it just comes down to the price. We, you know, you don't want to overpay for it either for a guy that you're helping them salary wise and obviously doesn't have a lot of years left. A- absolutely, man. Um, let's go to the phone, see what the fans have to say. Let's go to my guy, Frank from Colorado. He's been beasting to come on all day. Frank, what's going on, man? How you feeling? What's going on, CP? How you guys doing? I'm doing, okay. doing all right, man. Let's hear it, Frank. How you feeling, bro? Hey, man, I've been telling you since prior to the bubble that your man Brody is going to be in the Knicks jersey. I kept telling you. I keep telling you. The chat called me a crackhead. Now who's looking like New Jack City Pookie now? I'm telling y'all right now, man. Leon Rose was brought here to absolutely bring a superstar in here. James Dolan wants it. He doesn't want to be the whipping boy for the media. Tom Thibodeau ain't trying to lose no 50-plus games. To me, this thing is going to make a lot of sense. I don't want it to happen. I just think it's going to happen because we're thinking too much from a fan's perspective and not from the business side. This is good for the business of James Dolan, but it's not good for the fans and it's not good for the basketball side. And I want to leave you, if if we do get Russell Westbrook, R.I.P. R.I.P. to R.J. Barrett. <laughs> so, so Frank doesn't want Brody to make the team better. He just wants Brody so he can be proven right. But, uh, but Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, he claims there's sources out there linking Brody to the Knicks, maybe even the Clippers. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with it, man. I'm just not with no, it. What, what do you no, think about it? I mean, from a business sense, though, I, I don't, I don't see much of it either, man. With no fans. No, I anyway. mean. No, I mean, I get the point. I mean, I guess you could argue MSG networks because, look, you know, if there's fans, it's going to be very limited. So are you going to say that maybe more than ever? Because, he used, you know, the whole theory with Dolan is, I mean, they can just keep putting out a terrible product and people still come to the arena, both because there's diehard Knicks fans and because there's tourists and rich people yeah. who just pay to go there, right? Well, this year you might not have that. So you have television ratings where I think you do have that is more contingent on having a good team or having star power. But I don't think that's enough that you say, you know, go get a Russell Westbrook where everything we're saying about Chris Paul. Yeah. He plays the right position, but he doesn't, to me, he doesn't bring the right type of game and he doesn't play at the same type of level as Chris Paul. Yeah. I I agree with you there. 
But we'll see what happens, Frank, man. Definitely appreciate the call. Let's go to let's go to Ari. Ari, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Um, so yeah, I don't know who who's that call that, that caller that said Russell Westbrook's coming to the Knicks. I'll tell you right now, Russell Westbrook comes to the Knicks. There's no more Ari on Knicks fan TV. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it quits. He's handing in the medallion. I'm putting it on pause for four years. If Russell Westbrook comes to the Knicks, I could give you a million different ways to spend $45 million better than just yeah. giving it to Russell Westbrook yeah. and having him run and shoot the ball 90% yeah. of the time and stunt everybody else's growth and become an eight seed and then get stuck in mediocrity forever and get no lottery picks and get swept in the first round. That is the worst take ever. That's the same thing like Mr. San Diego's take. Get Russell Westbrook. Horrible take. Horrible take. Um, Chris Paul is a much better option. His deal is much more team. It's an expensive deal, but it's, it's only a two-year deal. He actually makes the players around him better. And this is what the San Diego kid said, that I'm trying to tank. I'm not trying to tank. I just don't think $45 million, giving to $45 million to Russell Westbrook as a 31-year-old yeah. um, on the backside of his career, um, seeing how exposed he got in the playoffs because he can't shoot the ball is the best way to spend the money. I would rather give it to Chris Paul, have him develop the players because he'll get the entire, the entire team to perform better because he's a real leader. He's a true point guard. Everyone's shooting percentage will go up with, with because of uh, Chris Paul. He'll hold everyone accountable, and he won't shoot the ball every time, all right? So I don't want to tank, but I just don't think Russell Westbrook is the answer. I know Russell Westbrook's not the answer. So, you yeah. know, that, that's my, my take with that. Um, what else? What, what, the other thing I wanted to say mm-hmm. is that it's very, like, here's the thing. The Knicks have to decide if we're going to try to make a run on the 2021 free agents or not. If we're not trying to make a run on the 2021 free agents, then we should take as much bad contracts as possible for yeah. two years or shorter and acquire assets. But if we're, if, if we, if we're not going to go for the 2021 um, free agency, well, I mean, if we are going to go for the 2021 free agency, then we should try to make a move for Chris Paul or try to package some assets for another all-star. Um, but Russell Westbrook is not – that's just terrible. I, I, I can't even get into that. And then the other last thing I want to say – is that I think it's very, very important that Julius Randle is off this team before the first day of the season, because like, like, like Jay Ellis was saying last, like the last time he was on, you know, we need to, we need to feature RJ Barrett or, you know, whoever the star player we bring in is. We cannot have Julius Randle shooting the ball, turning the ball over and messing with, you know, the team chemistry. So I would get rid of him too, but definitely no Westbrook. I'm down for Chris Paul. And Randall has to go before the beginning of the season. That's my take. Right. Right. Ari coming with the smoke. Uh, yeah, I was say, I like this. Well, did you see today that when they announced that the, you know, everything was official, the Knicks tweeted out, we back, and they had Mitch, RJ, yeah. and Randall in there. And, yeah. and I had to tweet yeah. out. I'm like, don't is put that me. a sign when marketing is on board? Is that a sign? From the top. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. But, you know, it's funny. People were like, you know, why are you getting on Randall? Like, there's Randall defenders. I'm not saying Randall is not a good player in the right role. I'm yeah. just saying I'm not excited about Julius Randall being, you know, a piece on this team right now. Maybe depending on how they redo the whole roster this offseason, he finds the right role. Great. That's fine. But he doesn't get me excited for Knicks basketball. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, for the, for the Randall hater, well, not for the Randall hater, for the Randall defender, right? I think they get it misconstrued that it's hate, that, that you know, you, you trash Randall because he stinks. And it's not even that at all. I think there is talent there. There's, there's a lot of talent there at Randall that I like. But, again, his, his role is just very iffy. And I think he came here in, again, that Tim Hardaway Jr. position where, you know, you, you're counted on to be that guy. And that's not your role. You know what I'm saying? Your role yep. is the third or fourth guy. Like I said, six man would be ideal for me. But to come in here and have to be that guy, especially when, when RJ's here, you got another draft pick coming in at eight. I think, you know, again, not having that that true floor general, that true point guard or true leader of the team, I think that's what, what hurt us where Randall was concerned. Yep. Absolutely, man. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, let's see how we got – how we're doing in the chat? 1,000. Hit 1,000 people in the right. chat. We are in here heavy. Uh, welcome to everybody on Team Hashtag New. If you guys are new in the chat, 
Leave us a hashtag new and we'll shout you guys out. Remember, these shows are available in audio podcast format. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, and Stitcher. So you have no excuse to miss any show. Remember, Ian Begley coming November 17th. That's a week from today. And then we have uh, our NBA draft show on the 18th as well. So a lot, a lot, a lot happening within the next week. Um, yeah, week. It really is. Yeah, yeah, within the next week, bro. This thing is coming in crazy. All right, let's talk to um, Justin from Baltimore. I haven't heard from Justin in a minute. How you feeling, bro? What's going on, man? How y'all been, man? What's up, CT? What's hey, going on, bro? I I, I worked for I worked for elections down here in Maryland, so that's why I've been I've been gone. I I ain't been able to talk to y'all. Okay. But I wanted to discuss the uh, CNA rumor. Obi Toppin. The Knicks taking interest is kind of interesting to me that now it's being put out that they're interested in him. Um, I would like to see what y'all thought of that. And if so, do you think the Knicks can try to like get a point guard in their mid in between 14 area for a nice trade? See if they can get um Tyre in between that 14 like 20 20 pick. Yeah. And um that's pretty much all I have to say, man. Okay. I'm just ready for the 18th. I'm excited. Me too. I can't wait yeah. to see what's going to happen with the Knicks, man. Me too. Peace. I appreciate y'all having appreciate, me on. Appreciate it, Justin. What's up, Jeff? Appreciate yeah, it, Yeah, what's up, man? And, Abe, uh, appreciate you doing the election and whether you're a poll doing worker or whatever you Doing civic duty, are. man. He said that right. TV's got to wait. You got to make That's sure right. all these votes count. No, I know. Well, no, the thing with me when watching this whole thing unfold, it's like, forget the politicians it's like the people doing that work they're they're the real heroes to me so um in all seriousness appreciate that yeah absolutely man great job bro definitely great job um on the ob front i think it was jonathan um Givenoy, i don't know if that's his last name from draft express uh he was on i forget which podcast recently this week and said that you know because of the relationship between leon rose and obi toppin uh since yep. recruiting him Obi Toppin being a CAA client that he felt like, you know, that that's Leon's guy in the draft. Obviously, he's the safest pick where Leon is concerned. He has all the intel on him being a, a CAA guy. He knows him the best out of any prospect. Um, I always felt like if he's there at eight, they're going to take him. But, you yeah. know, from the guys I'm speaking to, they don't feel like he's going to be there. A lot of mock drafts have Cleveland taking him at, at, uh, at five. Uh, I saw some with Atlanta, some with the Bulls, but I think if he's there at eight, I think the Knicks do take him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Ethan, uh, shout out Jonathan Macri, Knicks film school buddy there. Um, he has said the same thing uh, mm. that, you know, if, if, if Toppin's there, the Knicks are going to take him. Um, but he's just, I just don't see that he's there. You know, I, yeah. I just don't think, I don't think he's there, but you know, should the Knicks trade up to get him? I think if they're trading up, they're going more for, um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, with LaMelo Ball, there was so much noise about their interest in him, you know, early on. And that that's really died down. Like, we haven't heard anything. And it's funny, it's easy for us, like, from afar to view based on the rumors. Like, if you hear something, if basically if the Knicks were to do something, we're not hearing rumors about it. It's like, oh, that came out of nowhere. When in reality, it's like, well, we know half of these rumors are nonsense. Right. Maybe it's just Rose didn't leak it out. But I don't think they're trading up. No. to get like a top. And I think they would only do so. that, you know, more for like a guard that they like. I agree. I agree. And, and you know, the draft stuff, I'm, I'm just ready for the 18th, man, because the draft stuff is all over the place. You know, one day you're hearing LaMelo could slip. Next day you're hearing he's a lock at number one to Minnesota. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's all over the place, man. I wouldn't be surprised if either one happens. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota takes him, although I like Edwards better for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, if he slips. One one other quick note on the salary cap thing is that um, teams that are closing in on the luxury tax or, or facing luxury tax stand to benefit uh, because a part of the new agreement is that um, depending on how much your luxury tax uh, uh, bill is, it will decrease by the amount of revenue loss by the league. Your, your basketball, I think it's BRI, basketball-related, yep. your basketball-related income. So teams income, like yeah. the Warriors, teams like Milwaukee Bucks, 76ers, they could stand to benefit this free agency by having a lower tax bill or none at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think, 
Uh, teams still don't, you know, generally don't want to be over to tax. The other thing to consider is just sort of the mechanics of how transactions work in terms of what you have available to you as um, a team that's over the cap, whether you have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is around like nine, $10 million versus the taxpayer, if you're over to tax, which cuts that in half. And then also whether you then get capped at the apron, which is about 6 million above the tax. So um, to me, it's one thing about teams just not wanting to pay the amount and you know how the league helps them out with that, with, with the times we're in is one thing, but it's also about what you can do, how that limits the signings you can make as a team that's looking to add that one more piece. And I think because so many teams are right up against the cap, that mid-level exception amount becomes very competitive for a lot of players who kind of fit nicely in that space. One of them who is tied to the Knicks recently, I think, is uh, Justin Holiday. So yeah, um, so that that that's something to watch too, sort of whether the team has the taxpayer mid-level or the non-taxpayer, because that makes a big difference in terms of if they can add that final piece. I, I agree. And, and holiday uh, was linked to the Knicks. I wouldn't mind bringing holiday back. I don't, I don't feel, I felt like they should have never let him go when they decided to, to keep yeah. Baker over him. Um, <laughs> and then Michael, Michael kid Gil, Gilchrist was also linked to the Knicks. I said, hell no on that. No chance. I, I'm, I'm on the RE train. If they bring in MGK, I might, I might be out of here, man. I might be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that will, that will be though. I think his, you know, how much is that really going to cost? So if yeah. he, the, you know, if he becomes like the last guy they sign in, you know. Yeah, right. Right. But. Low end rotation guy, play some defense, could be a good practice player for him. Right. right. Too much but if they pay, TV, I don't know, man. But yeah, if they pay too much, if they pay anything over that just for what we just described, I, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. It's just too much New York bricks, man. I'm getting nightmares over here. I need a shooter. <laughs> I need a shooter in here desperately. Um, yeah. Let's keep it in uh, the Poconos. Let's go to the Poconos. Josh in the building. What's going on, man? on CP3. CP, what's going on? How you feeling, bro? Good, man. Um, do you guys really think it's realistic that CP3 might come to the Garden for real? I mean, I, I think anything's possible. You know, one of the things we're just not sure so. what the Knicks are thinking. Um, again, what is CP3's motivation? Right. Does he want to come to a basement dweller like the Knicks or does he want to try to compete for something? You know, I, I just th- I don't think it, it's all, yeah. all clear. So I, I think anything's possible. Yeah, no, I agree. What, I mean, what do you the, think the, we would be able to give up though? You, I mean, I'd give away like a Knox, a Dennis Smith. You know what I mean? But uh, do you really think this? My question is, how many years are we gonna have him for? Two. Yeah, it would be the two years left on the deal at at eighty something million, eighty five million, I believe. Yeah, right. Crazy. It's two years, and then I think that to me. We've heard Knox. We've heard one of the Dallas first round picks. Yeah, I think the Knicks are trying to right. maybe get another salary in there. So what? It, I mean, if if you could get, if they could somehow get Julius Randall, because remember Randall, his deal looks bad, but he only has in the second year, I think it's four million guaranteed. Hmm. So it's not that bad of a deal. But right, I think right. So I, but I so I think with the Knicks, it's like it's one thing about getting Paul, but it's another about like can you move. Randall, whether in that deal or in a separate deal, to give you some more flexibility to put talent around him. Yeah, you need um, beyond the, the young guys. Randall would have to be in that deal for me. Um, again, not not happy about losing young guys, but if you're gonna have to trade Knox, considering there's a good chance you're gonna end up with a wing in the something. draft, whether it's Vassell, whether it's Okoro, I think Knox's playing time is gonna be an issue anyway. So. Um, you know, if they have to do it, I wouldn't like it, but it is what it is. For CP3, I would take it. Right. One other question. Yeah, go ahead, bro. How do you guys think that Obi would fit next to Mitch? Listen, I think I mean, defensively, I've that was where Mitch could help him. Um, obviously, defense is, is Obi's biggest weakness, and I think that's where Mitch can kind of help cover him, right? Um, especially from a team defense standpoint. And offensively, I think if he could step it outside, he shot 40% uh, from three, you know, so mm-hmm. I think if he can maintain that spacing, I, I think it'd be fine. I, I, I think that pairing would be okay. JB, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it can work, especially he's come, you know, he's obviously young. Both of them are young players. They can evolve around each other. But, I, I mean, 
I do think that you're making that pick more of like, you just think this guy is going to, because remember we all, when we're looking at the draft, we're all like, well, who fits? Yeah. And you know, who do we like? It's like every time that when we look back, like five, 10 years from now, when we look back at draft at the drafts, all you're doing is you're saying who turned out to be good. So meaning, you know, is he going to, does he end up being like an all-star player? Then you don't really care how he necessarily fit. Because you're going to look at these pitching and say, geez, Toppin was the only guy of the top eight that turned out to be any good. Um, that's usually kind of how it goes. So to me, it's like I'm really looking at it in terms of do, do you think he can develop into that type of a player? And I'm less worried about how he'll fit in like the next year or two where, I mean, quite honestly, with Mitch, I mean, he's still learning. Yeah. He's still learning how to stay out of foul trouble, how to stay on the floor. Like he's got a lot. He's got a lot to go. So I'm not. I'm not going to like prevent myself from drafting a player I think is good, you know, well, you know, when I don't even know a hundred percent sure that Mitch is necessarily the, you know, the, you know, I'm a big Mitch yeah. fan, but I'm just yeah. saying you don't know that a hundred percent sure. Ross is, Ross is so much in flux that I think we do kind of get caught up in fitting a lot of these prospects with what's on the roster right now, out, even outside of RJ and Mitch, you know, so sometimes you look at it and say, yeah, it's not, not that great of a fit, but, um, you know, even in a Coro's take, even in a Coro's case, you know, the shooting again is a big concern for me because yep. I don't like the fact that you have him and RJ out there shooting 60 some percent from the free throw line and getting to the bucket is, is the name of their game. Um, but I do feel like, you know, Tibbs' success here is going to be predicated, yes, by wins and losses, but also how well we play defense and, and in an Coro type for, to, for Tibbs to go out there and get kind of his quarterback of the defense, you know, that that's going to get yeah. out there, execute, um, be able to help on the weak side, you know, whatever fit, whatever Tibbs has in store, whatever um, defensive schemes he has drawn up to have your players out there that can execute will certainly um, be a benefit. So I wouldn't count a Coral out for the Knicks at eight for that reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, and taking a wing player, that gives you, you know, we're talking about fit. If we do go back to that, you know, it gives you some versatility um, in, in how that player ends out evolving into your lineup versus if you go, you know, with a big that you're, you're kind of limited in terms of, you know, because you know, you have Mitch there. Right. Um, so, you know, I could see Okora being uh, being a pick for them. Yeah, I agree. Listen, like I said, a shooting ass, a little, little iffy, man, but, I could see it happening though. We're we're just all begging for shooting at this yeah, point. We need so shooting. Like, we need shooting. Yeah. And, and yeah, speaking yeah. of which, my guy, top of my list is uh, Davis Bertans because it was reported earlier this week by um, NBA Sports down in DC that there's a number of teams um, looking for Bertans, not just in free agency but potentially signing trades. Mm-hmm. So his market could be heating up, but. I mean, when you talk about three-point guns, I, I don't think it gets any better than this in this free agent crop, man. What's your take on Bertans? Yeah, no, and I think he he sat out in the bubble, right? Because he kind of knew this payday was he coming. He he didn't want to risk it. Um, I mean, that, that I mean, we saw like someone like Steve Novak come in here, yeah, um, and, and shoot lights out. There's, I go back and forth sometimes with how you fill the shooting, where it's like, do I want to pay? How much do you pay for bi- that? Yeah, like, do I want to pay a big amount for something that I can maybe find in the draft? I can maybe find a guy who he doesn't do a whole lot else, but he's going to come in, he's going to stretch the floor for me. And even some of these veteran guys, I mean, I think, you know, again, you can't say, you know, Carmelo Anthony's name without having all this other stuff wrapped around it. But it's just like, just you can get veteran shooters relatively cheap that will come in and and maybe he's not the perfect example, but I'm just trying to say you can get guys, you know, who can still shoot towards the end of their career to come in. I don't know if I would want to overpay. You're going to have to like, you're going to have to that premium, but yeah, no, you're right. But like someone like a Joe Harris, I mean, look, we know that we know the nets are up against the tax. Maybe that matters. Maybe it doesn't, but it's going to be really expensive to keep him. Yeah. Um, I like, I like, you know, making an offer, you know, going that way. Um, but like I said, I just hesitate a little bit in terms of like, I, you know, we need shooting. So let's just like overpay for the best possible shooter out there. Mm-hmm. And that's like really what he does is shoot. And it's just like, 
you know, the shooters, you need shooters around your star players mm -hmm. and you, they shouldn't be the ones that end up being the most expensive guys on your roster. Yeah. Especially for him. He's a, he's a specialty guy. Um, really doesn't do much else. Defense, right. you know, you, you can bully ball him. 56% from the corners last two seasons, 75% from 30 feet and beyond, and 42% overall on 8.7 8 attempts. It's um, it's enticing, man. It's, it's definitely Yeah, well, enticing. that attempt number, I mean, geez, yeah. I, I guess I'm still old where I'm like, when I see those numbers, it still jumps out at me. Like, that's right. crazy. He only, he only <laughs> averaged two twos a game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just crazy. Per game. <laughs> and 8.73s. He's lightning yeah. fly, JP. I'm, I'm with yes. But yeah, yes. Harris Harris would be nice because, you know, um, just a better all-around player. And, and I like his grittiness as well. For me, the Nets are I'm eagerly anticipating what they do if they go get Drew Holiday and, you know, how that impacts Harris. You know, I want to see how Harris, if they if Harris shakes loose and, and if they trade Dinwiddie. I'd love to see them trade Dinwiddie uh, for talking all that nonsense against the Knicks. <laughs> I love to see him get shipped out to Siberia. You know, the architect of the KD deal. And, and, and see him, you know, stick a knife in his back and send him out west. Let's see how yeah. that works. Um, so to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys again. 1,200 people on the check-in. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. My guy, JB, Jeff Ballone of Daily Knicks. Knicks Film School as well. Make sure you um, follow them on Twitter. Subscribe to the newsletter and everything. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. All right, a couple more calls. Let's go to um, Josh from San Diego. Josh, what's going on, bro? CP, JB, how y'all doing today, man? Good, man. Hey, what's what's going, going on, bro? Not much. So... There's just a couple of things I want to say. I mean, I, everyone in the chat knows I'm, I'm for the, you know, the Russell Westbrook trade or even the Chris Paul trade. I think you can't go wrong with either one because the Knicks need, first and foremost, a talent upgrade. There's some significant talent missing on this roster, and I, and I feel like going out and getting one of those guys definitely improves the team from a talent standpoint. Second of all, the notion that it's somehow Russell Westbrook's fault that the Houston didn't get past the Lakers or that they fell on their face in the playoffs is absolutely absurd. He was playing in the Mike D'Antoni system. They had him sometimes playing as the five. Houston didn't have any type of bigs, and they were. there's no way they were going to beat the Lakers. The Lakers had three legit bigs that they can legitimately put out there to dominate in the paint. So how can you blame Russell Westbrook as if it was his fault that Houston didn't do well in the playoffs? Okay, that's number one. Number two, I feel like Russell Westbrook's ability to be that engine will galvanize the troops around him and help R.J. Barrett more than, than it would hinder him. If Russell Westbrook is coming to this team by himself, the Knicks need to put some shooters around him because I feel like putting shooters around would definitely, you know, improve everyone everyone's situation on the team. If the Knicks had sufficient, sufficient shooting last season, everything would have been way better. We wouldn't be having this conversation. But blaming Julius Randle and saying players like Russell Westbrook would hinder R.J. Barrett's uh, you know, his future. I just don't think that's true. I think we need to look at it uh, in a more realistic sense and, you know, continue to build the roster. Russell Westbrook doesn't, uh, it's not an end-all be-all for this team. Chris Paul's not an end-all be-all for this team. We still need shooting, just like you guys said. Yeah. So I'm for Russell Westbrook coming here and Chris Paul and anybody that can definitely make the, the talent better on this team because that's, at, and at, at the end of the day, is going to make us go further. Yeah, but I think you need a guy that's more efficient. That's my only problem with Westbrook as compared to CP3. CP3 is going to give you that off-ball scoring capability and just a better overall point guard. You know, it's not to say Westbrook's not a scrub. It's, it's not about that. But again, when you're coming in here with R.J. Barrett, you're coming in here with Mitch, um, those guys need that time to shine. And I just think CP3 would be a better overall fit than Westbrook. You know, for $45 yeah. million, I'm not paying Westbrook that amount of money for, to, for his type of game. That, that's just my issue. Yeah, no, and to me, two things. <clears throat> One is, I agree, that they need talent. And I, and I think Knicks fans, there's there's a large group, you know, especially on, on Twitter, that it's like, you know, the idea that, like, the Knicks could, like, acquire a, a veteran talent is just always bad. It's got to be all through the draft or nothing. And it's like, no, you know, you need to put talent around your young players to help develop them. So I agree with that point. I guess with Westbrook, First, Paul, even if we put aside, so even if we disagree, 
agree to disagree and maybe like how much value they respectively would add to the team as players. You just look at their contracts. Westbrook has that extra year. So the question is, would you sign him? If he was a free agent, would you sign him for three years, $132 million? Because that's what he has coming to him. Three years, $132 million. No one would sign that contract. So then you're saying, well, are you getting a sweetener when you make a deal? Are you getting a, some draft picks? So they have nothing that, left. That's, that's the concern. Right. No, I mean, right, right. They don't. Right. So it's just like, to me, if you took off that player option that he's gotten at last year, where it's $47 million um, and it was similar to Chris Paul, where it was just the two years then I think you can have a better comparison over, you know, which game you prefer and, yeah. and, and we could get into all that. But when you add that third year, it makes it really hard for me to, you know, to justify it. I, I can't do it, man. I'm with you, Josh. We need talent. I'm with Josh. Of course. I watch his team every night. They stink. They're terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm and saying? you got to talk about them every night. They're terrible, man. We got it. We still got Alfred Payton. We got to get him out of here. Come on, man. I, I know the pain. We need a talent influx badly, but. I'm I'm just not feeling it with Brody, man. I'm just not feeling it. I'm I'm not there. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, JB, how you looking on time, man? You you good for one more call? Yeah, well, we got a full chat. Let, let's go. All right, yeah, we got uh, we got thirteen forty in the chat. All the way, we're climbing all the way up, man. I think Ari's call might have set off the chat. You know, people started sharing <laughs> the video once Ari came yeah. in and, and, and laid down the law. Him and Josh, they kind of have like this little beef. We, we got some some beef cooking with, with Josh from San Diego and Ari. They're on a collision course for the battle of the fans. Um, but, but we're going to, you know, we, we, we just got to build it up properly before we, you know, set it off. So that that's going to be coming up soon. All right. Um, let's go to Chris, my guy, Chris. San Antonio, what's going on, bro? Hey, how you doing, CP and JB? How you doing? Good, man. Hey, what's what's going, going on, bro? I'm doing pretty good. I was calling because I want to talk about Kira again. I have a, a wish to manifest him as the eighth pick, so I wanted to ask both your opinions on something. I was reading an article from uh, Adler, Almo from Empire Sports yeah. uh, Media, and yep. he was giving some good insights and some background on Kira. And uh, one of the things that I thought was funny, a funny takeaway from that was Coach Nate Oates had called a few times and talked about him, and he mentioned that his coaching philosophy was uh, max effort, continuous growth, mm-hmm. and selfless love. Uh, whatever that means, I think that's kind of interesting and funny, but I think it's really good that he had them playing that NBA fast-paced offense, and I think that that's something that Kira can translate. You guys were talking uh, a little bit about shooting. We need shooting on the team, mm-hmm. and I think that that's an underrated part of his game. <clears throat> Excuse me, an underrated part of his game. A lot of people think that, uh, you know, his speed stands out, but I think his catch-and-shoot is definitely uh, high percentile, and I noticed from some charts that I saw that his corner threes are 57%, so I think he's a bucket from out there, too, um, I also think something that's not being really magnified as much as it should is how early he went to college. That article also touched on that. Uh, he was 17 his entire freshman year, and they talked about how he was a, a bit shy, uh, you know, going to college. I get shy calling into the show, so I can understand being a starting point <laughs> guard and an SEC team at 17. I'm wondering what you guys think about that. And I noticed his growth, obviously, between years and uh, at the end of this year, You've seen a lot of growth from the beginning uh, of the year, especially from having a new coach and Coach Nate Oates. Uh, He definitely is a player I think we should target. And I think the biggest thing about that is that he shows a lot of interest in New York. The the fact that they had the FaceTimes and Coach Nate Oates continues to talk about him in Mm -hmm. regards to New York uh, with the dinner especially as well. I'm wondering if any other prospect has that kind of relationship and how you guys feel about him kind of, showing that interest in wanting to come to New York because I think it's definitely real. I don't think he just wants to come to New York, uh, you know, to try to raise his draft back. I think it's something that he wants to do, as we can see yeah. from the fact that he, uh, you know, stayed in college an extra year. And the, the the fact that he went to college early, I think that, that shows that he makes these kind of decisions based off basketball and not could, just off of popularity or, or, you know, the outside noise in New York. Yeah, could man. Pre- appreciate the call. I mean, clearly they're into him, right? They met with him twice. 
Uh, they went to his workout. They went out to dinner with him, called Nate Oates on the phone as well. We know <laughs> Phoenix has met with him twice. We haven't heard. I haven't heard of the other because they were allowed 10 workouts during right. this whole period. I haven't heard who else they viewed or who else they brought in outside of Lewis. But clearly the interest is there. So let's see what happens. Yeah, no. And I, I think, you know, I always say I'm not I'm by far no draft expert. So I, I can't sit here and tell you why he's better or worse than, than, than anyone else. But, you know, just reading the scouting reports like, like you are um the caller i'm sorry i forgot your name but they you know it, it it's definitely a lot of intrigue there um you know how much emphasis how much importance you put on it sounds like he wants to play here i'm always a little skeptical of that because as a knicks fan we've lived through too many press conferences whether it's coaches or players talking about their dream to play here and it it, it doesn't always amount to much um but, you know, that, that, that said, you do want to, I think, look at a demeanor of a player that they can, yeah. like you said, when you're, when they're young, can they handle the pressure? Cause it is different to playing here than going someplace like Charlotte where you can kind of disappear into the backdrop. Big um, time. So, so I, I do think that is important. Big time. But you know, and, and what I, what I've gotten from a lot of the scouts that have come on here and talked about these prospects is that intangibles is going to take you far in this draft, you know, whether they talk about a Halliburton or, you know, safe players like an OB and so on. Um, you know, character is going to matter. Work ethic is going to matter. Those type of intangibles is going to matter. What you're hearing from Kyra Lewis is that he has all of it. We'll, we'll see come November 18th whether or not uh, the Knicks feel the same way, man. So um, let me just hit this real read real quick. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Now, JB, autumn is in the air. And Manscaped is here to ensure that you don't carve your pumpkins the wrong way. And that's with the Lawnmower 3.0, presented by Manscaped, sponsor of the show. Guys, this is the uh, ultimate men's grooming tool below the waist. It comes with an aerodynamic shape, has the grips here, wireless LED light, uh, extra battery life on, on the wireless, so you're good to go. You can use it in the shower. It's also waterproof. And again, it comes with a ceramic blade technology that uh, prevents nicks. So very important, fellas, when you leave that quarantine, man. The weather's, it's fall weather now. We're getting into Thanksgiving. You can go out on that date. Make sure you come well prepared. And that's with the Lawnmower 3.0. And tonight, if you go to manscaped.com and enter promo code NICKS, you'll get New York NICKS, not, you know, Manscaped NICKS, New York NICKS. You'll get 20% off. Plus free shipping. Let's go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, just have to pay the bills real quick. Um, one more call for, for uh, JB. Let's go to JB. J Boogie in North Carolina. What's going on, bro? What's good, everybody? CP, my man JB, the whole wave, everything, Knicks fan TV. Hope everybody's staying healthy and safe. Y'all know my lingo, man. Yes, sir. God bless. We got a new presidency. I haven't spoken to y'all since then. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. shout that out, too. Just to throw something out real quick and easy to y'all, because, you know, I'm down here in NC for those that don't know. Mm -hmm. Hey, that boy Ingram won his own team. I'm just going to throw that out there. He won his own team. Mm -hmm. Now, my man is talking about the chat. Yeah, we calling you pooky and stuff. Yeah. Take him downstairs and blow the building three times. We don't need no Russell Westbrook <laughs> on this team. James Dolan do not need no business. The guard's been sold out during our worst years. We need a team in Madison Square Garden. We don't need a name. We need a team. And if we go get a veteran player, the only veteran player we can get on this team is CP3 because he know how to make the team better. He know how to make the locker room come together. He know how to do all that. Don't forget what he did with them bums down there in New Orleans. He should have been MVP that year. This year, what he did in Orlando and, 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 and um in Oklahoma, that was crazy. But I'm with you, CP. I like that boy Bertans. I like him. That's a good. That's a good free agent signing. But. Our number three and our number five, that's our future. That's our, that's our Barrett and that's Mitchell. That's our future. Three and the five is sold up. But you can put that boy Bertans, and I keep telling y'all about that boy, Naismith. The boy averaged 23 points a game. He shot 52% from the trade point line. He averaged six rebounds per game and one block. That is the young Clay Thompson. He's a sniper. We need a sniper. I need, I need CP. Bring CP to run that, 
and go ahead and grab Trey Young later on at 27. And then in the, in the second round, go ahead and grab that boy quickly. That's two young guards that he could take up on his wing. And I'm going to let y'all know another little secret. CP only want to go to New York, and he only want to go to L.A. Don't be surprised if he opts out in New York for the 21 free agency and bring some other players to come with him. That's what nobody is not looking at. CP don't need no money. CP is already rich. CP want his own thing. And if he come to New York, I would not be shocked if he opt out for 2021 and bring a couple more players with him and get the guard back on fire, man. Shout out to y'all. Y'all take care of yourself. Peace and love, man. Jay Boogie's ready to go. <laughs> he's ready for the season. Yeah, man, that's my guy. He's always coming in with the intel. I like he's, it. he's from I like North it. Carolina. Um, has some people in the game. Big Stackhouse fan. You know, Neesmith is along the same lines as a Bertans. Yeah. As uh, you see, what uh, what's what's the guy from Miami's name? Uh, Duncan Robinson. You know all yep. the all the publicity he's gotten. We'll see how high that takes him in the draft. Denise Smith. You know another guy that people feel like is more of a specialty um, player, but you know elite shooting. You know, what will the price be on elite shooting, whether it's in the draft with Neesmith, with Bain, with Isaiah Joe? You know, you're hearing those type of names and, and uh, free agency as well. So, Jay Boogie thinks CP3 is destined for the Garden, man. We shall see. Yep. We, we shall see, man. Well, JB, I, I definitely appreciate you give, giving us some time, man. This was a great show. Time definitely definitely uh, ran up fairly quick. I'm going to throw it over to you. Just, just let the fans know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, no, uh, we just, this past week, uh, Jonathan Macri, uh, writing the newsletter. If you're following this show, I think you probably know him, but um, through Nick's film school, it's now, it's gonna be paid. You know, the, the man deserves to, you know, to, to make some money off this hard work he's been doing for a long time. Uh, but check out the newsletter at uh, nicksfilmschool.substack.com. Um, to me, it's it's more than worth it. You're getting an email every single day, and you're getting an in-depth article uh, from him. Um, I'll be helping him out a little bit when the season starts. Back to my film breakdowns, so you get a lot there. So I'm I'm promoting that tonight for Macri. Um, so check that out. And then also, if you are a fan of the original Nick's Film School Twitter account, the one that got suspended right before free agency in 2019 and told us that good things weren't coming. Uh, we brought that back, but now we're at Nick School. Uh, before it was at Nick Film School, but now it's at Nick School. Uh, so check that out because it'll be you know just like the old days where we're putting out all the news out there, um, and then also film as we get into the season. But yeah, thanks for having me on, CP. This was fun. Yeah, man, uh, absolutely. And um, I I think last year you were the first one that came on the show, or maybe maybe a couple years ago when Nick Film School really started. And uh, but because there was no face behind the name, I think, <laughs> right, you're, right. Cave, I think yeah. you're the first one, man. So we unmasked the next film school. And uh, as he said, man, make sure you guys sign up for the newsletter. Macri, JB, they all do excellent work, man. And, and that's why I always love to bring these guys uh, onto the show and provide some insights. Tomorrow night's show, um, CK2K is gonna be joining me and my guy Corey Taub of the Hardwood Herald. The last show in the draft, we're going to go heavy, heavy draft. We're going to do a, a round one mock draft. So those of you that uh, couldn't get your calls in on the draft, tomorrow night is your night. We're going to go back to the draft tomorrow night. And as I said, a week from today, we got Ian Begley, November 17th. We have our draft live stream, November 18th, and the free agency show on November 20th. So keep it locked. Definitely not going to miss it. We're going to have a ton of guests in and out of here giving reactions and breakdowns to everything. And uh, yeah, man, remember, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Subscribe to the channels. This is available in audio podcast format as well. 1,200 in the chat. Number one show for the fans, by the fans. Salute to all the mods. I appreciate it. Salute to Jason Martin. SR, appreciate it. Uh, Pedro Perez, definitely appreciate it. Uh, Alexander Lopez. Paul Quick, West Coast salute. It's me. See you guys tomorrow, man. Andrew H. Appreciate it, man. Tomorrow, same time, 9 o'clock. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.